Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, September 17th. My name, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you can follow my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E. And oh, if you like that, also you can check out the Gmail, which is LockdownPodres at gmail.com. That's cool, too. Send me any more in-depth questions you might have. And today, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear exactly, of course, as we've been doing the past couple days, what it's like when you send me in questions. It's a mailbag, all right? It's part three with John Gidero. Um This one I, I, I thought was a really good convo, uh, and it was, it was really cool. We have a really, f- like, good, and I think... Very interesting conversation at the end when it comes to kind of baseball culture and how the Padres made baseball fun again for more reasons than just being good and kind of the cultural side of that. And I really enjoyed that. So definitely um, look forward to that part of the podcast. And also in the outro, I had two questions sent to me uh, afterwards, like after I already had recorded with Jod. So I'm going to answer them by myself. And otherwise, yeah, man. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this, and hopefully uh, the, the, the Padres kind of bounce back from a little bit of a stumble against this Dodgers series, and we get things going back uh, tomorrow when we take on the Mariners, which I think just uh, the the report is that it just got announced that they're going to play that game in Petco, actually, so uh, we'll see how that all goes. But yeah, anyways, been talking too much, as always, as I always do on my intros. Without further ado, everybody, here we go! Now, uh, we next question is one that I came up with. Uh, the trade deadline has passed, yes, of course. So I know this is a little bit uh, past the expiration date in terms of relevancy, but let's say you knew the Padres traded for another star and they gave up a prospect. Which one would you be? And don't get me wrong, I wouldn't be comfortable with letting literally any of them go. Um, going right now, which is one that you would be the most comfortable with uh, letting go of? Like which Padres prospect? Yeah, like out of the main top sort of Padres prospects, which one would you feel the most comfortable with dealing if they had to, if you knew that they were dealing one, which is the one that if you got an alert, it was like the 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 trade hall is big, which is the one person that you'd be the most okay with letting go? Um, I'm oddly like I've never been a big uh, Ryan Weathers guy. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people like him. I've just I've never been that impressed. Um Robert Hassel, you know, the guy, the kid they just drafted, yeah. uh, he's just out of high school. We don't really know he's much like about 18. him. He's like 18. Yeah, he's like he's, 18. He's got, I mean, he's just a big question mark at this point. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see them trade Gore. I don't want to see right. them trade Abrams. I don't want to see them trade Patino or Campisano. And I think they actually came out and said uh, after the trade deadline that those were the, the core four that they were unwilling to part with. So I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um a guy we haven't even really mentioned is uh, Adrian Morejon, who's been just incredible right. this year. Yeah, He's been incredible. seriously. Like, I think he even had a bad outing uh, at some point this year, but right now he's got an ERA of 2.5. Uh, his ERA plus is essentially second best on the team behind uh, Lamette. His FIP is only behind Pomerantz uh, and Williams, Rosenthal, and Altavia, who – uh, all just got here. Um, so essentially he's been as good as Drew Pomerantz uh, while also throwing, you know, kind of more innings per outing. He tends to go out and throw, you know, two or three innings per outing. Um, I think with what he's done this year, Adrian Motajone has kind of pitched himself into a, a starting rotation role next year. And I'm actually really excited to see what he has. So I'm, I'm happy that they didn't trade him. Um, again, if they had traded Robert Hassel or Ryan Weathers, who, according to 
uh, MLB.com are their number five and number seven prospects around uh, Morejon, I'd be fine with that. I agree as 100%. Long as, as, long as, yeah. they got, as long as they got back something real good. Yeah. My thing was I would have been more comfortable with Abrams going if it was for bets back when that was the whole thing. Um, that would have been the one just because of Tatis and maybe it takes a little bit. I don't know. Now I'm just like speculating and projecting. Maybe it takes longer to develop him at a different position because I know he was – I think he's still slide at a shortstop. I, I imagine they're working him out other way, um, at other positions. But other than that, yeah, it's the gore is just like I can't wait. You know, like I can't wait until this guy finally debuts. He's definitely one of those guys that um, uh, could be like a franchise changer. But uh, I agree. Um, next question now uh, comes from a listener, Ryland Styles at Ryland Styles on Twitter. Hey, Javi, first time, long time, super serious and important baseball question as we gear up for the postseason. As you can imagine, John, this is definitely not going to be a super serious baseball question. Who on the Padres would you destroy in Super Smash Brothers, and who would you give the best competition? This one you might be able what's do you get a vibe from any of those guys in the clubhouse that they play video games at all? Do you get any vibe from any of them? Well, obviously Will Myers, because mm-hmm. uh, we've we've seen him play video games on Twitch. We know he right. plays video games. Right. Um I get the feeling that Tatis probably does as well, but for some mm-hmm. reason, um Machado, even though he's 27, like just strikes me as a guy who uh, you know, would rather spend his time, you know, on a beach or, you know, yeah. smoking a cigar or something. He doesn't strike mm-hmm. me as the type of guy who just wants to like hang out and play video games mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So I, I bet Manny Machado is terrible at video games. Yeah, that, that absolutely. That's the one that I first went to. I th- I thought Myers was, yeah, the most obvious. I don't know if he's played Super Smash Bros. before. Um, and also I'm not very good at Super Smash Brothers. I do love, I love the game. I think most people have at least, you know, dabbled with the game before for the record, my main is Pac-Man. I love using that little power pellet. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. I think Machado would be terrible. I think maybe Hosmer Hosmer doesn't strike me as that type either. I think in a, maybe one might be Davies or Rosenthal strike me as the type that might like secretly be a little bit decent at video games secretly. I don't know for sure. I don't know enough about them, obviously. Um, and I know that they were all, um, I was reading an athletic story that they were all doing their fantasy football draft uh, beforehand. So maybe they're like fantasy sports guys, uh, which I could definitely see, but you never know. And whoever it is though, I, I would put my skills up against them. After all, you know, they, they're putting their, uh, their time and effort into more important things for sure. Uh, but thank you, Riley, for the question. Um, next one now uh, comes from me. Where would you, it, it's expected that Tommy Pham's going to return soon, which I didn't realize was going to be a thing like for the regular season, where would you place him? in the lineup do you think when he returns where would i place him in the lineup um i mean look the top let me go look at the lineup for today but i think like the top five or six spots are just locked down like they're playing a lefty today so they're doing the thing where gershman's batting nine um Mm -hmm. which is fine but tatis machado nola's batting third uh myers cronenworth like i don't know if I, I, I wouldn't put Fam in the top in that group with Tatis Machado, Nola, Nola mm-hmm. Myers, Cronenworth, and let's throw Grisham in there. I wouldn't put him in that group until he proves that uh, he's not, not only healthy, but you know seeing the ball well and he's knocked some rust off because the rust is going to be there. So uh, coming right back, like that number seven spot in the lineup has been kind of the one where Tingler like plays around a little bit. Like that's mm-hmm. where Onya's batting tonight um Mateo's batting eight so like I, I think seven or eight makes sense and then if you see fam starting to heat up 
you can move him up a little bit and be like, okay, tonight he's going to be six and then he'll be five and let's move him to three. Um, but I don't know. Like the start of next season is a totally different question, but right yeah. now he's, he's got to show me that he's healthy and hitting before he can get anything higher than seven or eight. Yeah. I don't, I think he's great, but I don't think he's uh, necessarily, especially because of how he was doing before, not awful, but not great. Um, at least, you know, taking some walks every now and then definitely isn't one of those players. That I think it's just, you just plug him back in. This offense has been rolling. And I think I just kind of believe in the continuity of things. Um, so yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. Um, Next question. I didn't realize I probably should have brought this up before. Kind of rookie at all this, I guess you could say, unlike you. Uh, comes from Locked on Dodgers podcast at Locked on Dodgers on Twitter. Do you give Paddock a start in a potential NLDS game against the Dodgers, considering his history against them? Could have maybe addressed this earlier when we were talking about Paddock, but would you would you do that if you had to, do you think? No, and you don't have to. Like, yeah. you you have, you know, obviously uh, Lamette's your, your game one uh, or Clevenger. Those are your game one and two. Um, game three is is Davies. And then game four, you could probably go back to whoever your game one starter is. And if you don't want to do that, you have Garrett Richards or you could do a kind of uh, bullpen day where uh, Marajon pitches for, you know, three innings and then hands it off. Um, almost all of them are better options than Chris Paddock. And that's I'm not even thinking about the Dodgers or his history against the Dodgers or whatever. I'm just thinking about um, a, he's hurt and B he has not been very good this year. Uh, so I, I wouldn't give Paddock a, a playoff start really at all. Uh, no matter who he's playing or what game it is. Yeah, I agree. And also just a, another thing with just Padres rotation could end up being kind of a good thing that Clevenger hasn't faced, um, doesn't face the Dodgers. Uh, maybe that could be like if we end up facing them in an NLDS series or whatever, uh, maybe just the unfamiliarity with Clevenger could play in the Padres' favor. So I think that's just like a a good thing as opposed to Paddock who had that disastrous start against them uh, early in the season and just hasn't looked really even moderately kind of guy. I know he had the start, start against Colorado, but ever since then it's kind of been just really nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree. Maybe at worst if something happens, you know, maybe it's like a – one of those bullpen things, maybe you maybe move him there and maybe use him if you have a, a lead that you're kind of somewhat comfortable with. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been saying because he's essentially a two and a half pitch pitcher that um, right now, because you have four strong starters that you believe in ahead of him, uh, he, he could be, you know, as long as he's healthy, he could be a, an effective arm out of the bullpen. Um, I wouldn't make him our closer or anything like that. But, you know, you want to bring him in in the sixth mm-hmm. inning of a game where you have a three-run lead, I think that's fine. Yeah, I agree. Situational type of thing, definitely. Vroom, 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 everybody. That's right. Just going to take a few seconds to talk to you about the best cost site in the world, man. That's rockauto.com. First and foremost, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, more oil, and even new carpet. That's right. Even new carpet. Why not? You can get everything. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered delivered directly to your door. Uh, The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, best of all, get this, get this, guys. This is an important part that you have to realize, right? rockauto.com their prices, they're always reliably low, and and especially they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Now ask yourself, what, why, 
Would you spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? Does that make any sense? No, it does not. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now moving on to uh, another question from myself. Almost done with the questions here. Um... This is kind of a two-part question, a uh, little, little weird one, but I think it actually has some legs to it. Um, first of all, Will Maja's slash line, all right? Just to remind everybody, 296, 360, 615 slugging, and an OPS of 976. What was more unlikely, that George R. R. Martin finished the last Game of Thrones book, or that Will Myers, this would ever become just one of the most effective sluggers, not just on the Padres team, but arguably in the entire National League, and... Is there what can you remember? Can you think back on a greater heel turn that you've had? I know that you tweeted about um, uh, Will Myers is becoming one of your favorite players. Can you think of another player that you've had uh, on the Padres that's had a greater heel turn than Will Myers? You mean just for me, as far as guys that I like didn't like and then I liked, or or liked and then disliked, or or just guys that have kind of changed the the overall perception of them so dramatically? I'd say overall perception just in terms of how they play on the field. And if you want uh, someone that you didn't like and then ended up liking. I mean, look, there was some dark years there, right? Like, so <laughs> Padre fans did a lot to try and throw their their energy and their optimism behind certain guys. So, you know, I, I remember people uh, having um, kind of ridiculously high hopes for uh, the likes of Everest Cabrera um, right. and Chase Headley and, you know, they, they would have a hot month here or there, but, but for the most part, they never really lived up to expectations. And um, so I think that was kind of a slow turn as far as like, we love you and oh, okay, you're not really good enough to, for our love. Um, look, when Will Myers signed his uh, extension with the Padres, it was the biggest contract in team history. Yeah. Like, so when you talk about him, you have to talk about him in, in those terms. Um, with you know the the highest paid player on the team or one of the highest paid players on the team um obviously i think people really wanted matt kemp to work out he didn't i think they wanted james shields to work out he didn't um i don't remember someone that like we loved for a while and then he was bad and then we kind of wanted him gone and then he came back and he was great again like that's a pretty rare story uh and it probably only happens if you have, you know, a, a managerial change uh, along with like a bunch of unexpected offensive blossoms, uh, blossoms around him, the likes of Jake Cronenworth and, and Eric Hosmer and, and Trent Grisham that weren't there the year before. So no, Will Myers is, is, is pretty damn uh, unlikely to do something like this. Um, I, I think it was more likely than George R. R. Martin finishing his, his Game of Thrones <laughs> book, but uh, still probably not very likely. And it's it's just been delightful to watch. Yeah, and I think another thing with it is it's not – there are guys who do well numbers-wise that have – but I really feel like he's come up with big hits, like when they've needed them too. You know what I mean? I know totally, the, I know the totally. defense has been a little weird, but the – especially like I think the last like week or so more balls again he's just slipped and made some kind of goofy mistakes every now and then but I really feel like this is the guy that you know I want Tatis don't get me wrong I want Machado don't get me wrong but if it's like a bases loaded scenario I was I was looking up some numbers is his all of his numbers are insane with the bases loaded not just hitting home runs obviously but um just a big hit guy and I think that part of it like you said is maybe it's just not having to be the best player on the team anymore 
maybe that's kind of just affected him. And, you know, we could read all the numbers we want. There's still people. And maybe in this case, it was this guy who was like, I love, I feel much more comfortable not having to be the number one, you know, constantly anymore. He also just, you know, he, he wants to be successful as much as we, we joke about will being, you know, high or, or, you know, a loop or <laughs> whatever, like, you know, the, we've heard from this guy and, and how badly he wants to be good. And I remember a story last year where he was saying that, you know, he, he had never really gone in the, the batting cage and like, um, it was, it was either something like he had never fired it like all the way up to like, you know, legit fastball speeds, or maybe it was that he had never put the the cage uh, pitching machine on like breaking balls or something, but he, he was like, look, this is a flaw in my training that is creating a flaw in my hitting. And if I just have to work really hard to fix it, I will. And, you know, I'm giving a lot of credit here to, to Jace Tingler. Um, I think some credit needs to be given to uh, hitting coach Damian Easley. Um, but I also think a lot of credit needs to be given to Will Myers. Like whatever happened with Will, um, yeah, I'm sure part of it was mental, but he also had to put in the work to improve himself as a player. And it's obvious that he did. He didn't just wake up one day, walk into the office. It's the the name on the door says Jace Tingler instead of Andy Green and like click Will Myers is a good player. That's not <laughs> how that happened. Um, so I, I do think he deserves just as much credit as, you know, the hitting coach and the manager and, and the fact that he's now, you know, probably the, you know, fourth or fifth most terrifying hitter in the lineup, even though statistically he's the second best hitter on the team this year. Um, but you're right. He's, he's been uh, immune to like the pressure he's come through in clutch situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he's got multiple grand slams. Um, he's, you know, I, I think at the beginning of this season or at the end of last season, you know, Craig Elson was was looking back through his numbers, which I'm going to try and do right now. And he said, look, Will Myers is going to give you the same thing every year. He's going to be a 240 hitter and he's going to hit 20 home runs. And right now, Will Myers is a 296 hitter. Uh, his, his, his second highest batting average uh, in his career is, uh, I guess he had 293 in his rookie season and one rookie of the year. But beyond that, when he went to the the All-Star game with the Padres, his batting average was 259. Now, worth stating, because I'm being very um, nice to Will, uh, it's (laughs) it's worth pointing out that Will is historically a first-half player. Yes, He usually comes out and plays great for the first two months of the season and slowly degrades over the course of the season. And that that All-Star year, he obviously wasn't hitting 250 when he made the All-Star game. I think he was hitting like 285 to 290. Will might be getting uh, some substantial benefit from the the shortened season. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to to tell, but but right now, um, I don't think we need to do anything but just enjoy uh, this version of Will Myers and the Padres getting uh, every every they're they're getting. Um, I'm trying to say like he's worth every dollar. He's worth every dollar that the Padres are paying him right now, probably mm-hmm. for the first time since he signed that contract. Yeah, absolutely. Just I agree. Just sit back and kind of enjoy the show. Uh, he's been fun to watch, just every every little thing. And I really enjoyed uh, in the dugout when Tatis was just on fire and he just he had that face where he was like, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like, how can you? That's kind of, he kind of had the face that we all have when watching Fernando Tatis play. And but what's funny is he's also been unbelievable too uh, on the side. And you know, one of the best players um in the NL certainly, especially with with the power. I mean the 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 grand slam the other day, and then even the home run of the doubleheader yesterday was kind of like that that nice insurance run that you could really uh, 
appreciate it. it was actually the first run that they scored so my bad it wasn't even an insurance run but uh yeah so shout out to will myers um just i didn't see it coming i thought that maybe there's a best case scenario where this guy hits 260 walks a tad bit more but i definitely never saw this and maybe hopefully maybe we'll we'll see at some point if it comes back in the future but for now just enjoy the show. And then the last question comes from John at John Ostrowski on Twitter. How has quarantine affected your love life with the eyes emoji? Um, I don't know about you, John. My love for the Padres is as fervent as ever. Um, it's so, while there's so much more serious things surrounding uh, quarantine right now, for sure. I do not want to undervalue that. It's been really tough. Everyone stay safe and healthy and whatnot. Um, I have to admit, the Padres have been alone, not alone, but like one of the, the great um, bright spots um d- during these times especially because i'm like yeah i'm gonna stay inside and watch some some Padres baseball and keep me company it's been easy to fall in love with this team for a number mm-hmm. of reasons uh one is yes there's quarantine going on and we're all looking for distractions two is they look absolutely fantastic in their new colors and new uniforms uh and three they are not only uh really good and winning games um not only really talented and and breaking unwritten rules but they're also like, there's something about the Padres that me as a, a, a white guy makes me like vaguely uncomfortable in a way that I enjoy, right? There's hmm. there, the, the Padres, I, I've always felt that Major League Baseball was a little too stuffy. And, and it had gotten to this point where it felt like a game um, where if you were watching, they, they, they wanted you to be sitting in the stands with, you know, a white collared shirt buttoned all the way up to the top and, you know, maybe a tie. And the Padres are not that. Um, they're loud. They're in your face. They don't care uh, about upsetting you. Um, they don't care about breaking your unwritten rules. Uh, they're very Latin, and they like really lean into that um, because you know a lot of their their roster is. And I think even the white players have kind of bought into like the okay, we're gonna we're gonna dance. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do like kind of Latin dances afterwards, and it just feels like the Padres took a game that was getting less fun every year and just decided like, no, screw it. Like when we play this at the world baseball classic, it's fun. When we play it, um, you know, Tatis before he got called up with the the Padres to the major league team went and played uh, in the Dominican summer league. And like, that's, that's how that league tends to play with a lot more celebration and dancing and fun. And like the audience doesn't just sit there and watch the audience plays music and they sing and they have their instruments. And so um, I, I really enjoy how the Padres are shaking things up this year and doing things differently. I think you would see uh, a little bit of that in the crowd if there was a crowd this year. Um, and I, I, I can't wait for the crowd to get back into Petco Park and start adopting some of this new energy that the Padres have. And I don't just mm-hmm. mean like with their success on the field. I mean, they literally are just you know, pushing out joy at all times and encouraging everyone, like, keep dancing, keep singing. We're supposed to be making noise. This is supposed to be fun. Um, So in that way, they have been uh, my favorite team that I've ever watched. And I'm not even just saying my favorite Padres team, my favorite team I've ever watched because they did exactly the thing that I never thought anyone could do. They made baseball fun again. That was... Beautifully said, John. <laughs> that was that was beautifully said. Um, and and as you touched on, you know, as a Hispanic person, um, and you, you touched on the World Baseball Classic, you know, I'm one of those people who definitely I watch baseball. And I'm like, man, every now and then I'm just like, and I'm not even like a, an outgoing, uh, flamboyant even type of personality, really. But I always watch this, and I watch Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, which is what I am. 
And every time they're there, it's like I go, I get so excited for them. And every time it ends, I know the World Baseball Classic isn't hasn't always been the most viewed thing in the world, right? But I've always enjoyed because also Puerto Rico is really good at it. And I always watch it. And I'm always it always ends, and I'm like, man, all right back to normal back to school almost that's what it feels like it's like back to the normal stuff back to the whole following rules or whatever right that's what i I used to feel a lot about when i was younger and to get on this team admittedly a lot later than like you and and some other Padres fans who have been following them since you know the the days of the mark davis cy young years or in in worst case you know the uh the the khalil greens who you know fell off and and didn't uh, fill up to potentials and all these other guys right that for me, so it's, it's admittedly a short notice, but I'm still just enjoying that there's this team that just seems to have such an eclectic group of of personalities on top of being good. I think we actually got a little bit of preview of it but last year. Um, I think the team was still exciting too with Tatis kind of a, uh, you know, this is just a team that I think I agree. It's just one of my favorite sports teams I've watched. Um, they've made me fall. I love baseball, but they've made me fall all the way back in to loving baseball again. And they've made me realize this sport can be fun. And the next generation uh, can definitely change that and change how we view the game, not just in terms of, you know, is it played differently? Not just in terms of which players are better and stats and this and that, and more about just like, I like the way Jerickson Profar and Fernando Tatis are always, you know, elbow bumping after home runs and stuff like that. I love that. This is a team with so many different personalities and running people that, you know, it could things can still change even in the most stiffest of cultures, I think. Yeah. And like it, it's always been kind of um, jealousy inducing to look at the, the Dodgers and the history of the Dodgers because they have the same kind of, you know, Latin culture that that San Diego does, you know, being mm-hmm. we're, we're even closer to, to Mexico than they are. But you know, they have embraced that. And, you know, there was Fernando Mania back in the, the 80s with Fernando Venezuela. And then they had um, their their audience, their fans really embraced uh, Yasio Puig. And, like, you you even look at, like, some of the teams in, like, uh, you have Texas, had Elvis Andrews and, and Adrian Beltre. And you look back at, like, all the players that the Padres have always thrown their weight behind is, like, this is the player that we want our fans to, to gravitate to, or this is the player that our fans do gravitate to towards. And it's always, you know, it's Jake Peavy. It's, it's Matt Latos. It's Khalil Green. It's Sean Burroughs. Um, you know, and, and Tony was, you know, great. And Tony was an amazing player and he was an amazing personality, but um, it, they've never really been able to capture the imagination and the embrace of the, the Latin culture that lives here in San Diego through the baseball team for whatever reason. The only time that that's ever really been true was Adrian Gonzalez being here. And Adrian Gonzalez was, you know, he didn't dance. He didn't sing. He wasn't flamboyant. He was about as boring as, as all the players that I just mentioned, your, your, your Sean Burroughs and your mm-hmm. uh, Mark Loretta's and all that. So um, it's been really, really nice to see the face of this team or the faces of this team be Denelson Lamette, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, even, you know, Jorge Mateo and, and Jerks and Profar playing roles in how fun this team is and really embracing uh, what makes San Diego special. You know, like the the Milwaukee Brewers can have a, a, a Sean Burroughs. They, they can have a Trevor Hoffman. The the Houston Astros can have a, a Ken Caminiti. The, the, the Arizona mm-hmm. Diamondbacks can have a Steve Finley. But what makes San Diego really, really special is this culture, and it's it's great to see it bleeding over into the the roster and the team. 
Absolutely, man. One of the most exciting teams in all of sports right now. I know football's kicking up and whatnot, but still, not forget about the Padres, everybody. There's a reason uh, everybody's just been getting into them. And I welcome all the bandwagons for sure. I don't know about you, but I do. And it's just been super fun. Hopefully, by the time, um, you know, uh, people listen to this podcast, they will have won some games against the Dodgers as we gear up for this uh, playoff series against whoever it ends up being. Uh, John, this has been a blast. I hope you had a fun time, too. I did. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Infinito, everybody. That is the end. I don't know why I went Italian almost there for a second. That is the end of my conversation with John Gennaro. Uh, Go check out, guys. He's got his podcast kind of still going. They've got its Padres Hot Tub now, uh, which I thought was hilarious. It's literally the picture for the podcast is <laughs> the Padres Hot Tub. Uh, it's supported because it was super uh, fun having about the podcast. But uh, before we kind of super conclude this, just want to say the last question. That's right. I teased it at the beginning. The last question that was asked, well, actually, there were two. One came from Locked On Cubs, which is at Locked On Cubs. And they said, is there any scenario where outside of a starter getting hurt, Mackenzie Gore makes an appearance in 2020? Um, we kind of touched on that a little bit early on back in part two. Where we talked about how we would have loved to see um, uh, make maybe make his debut Wednesday. So yesterday uh, would have loved to see him make his debut maybe uh, against the Dodgers on national television. But that, of course, didn't happen. I think that that's basically the only scenario. The only other way, because... I don't think that there's it would outside of someone getting hurt. It's possible, but I just don't know if they would do it this late in the year. You know, I can't see that if the Padres didn't do it now after Paddock got hurt, who I believe uh, they confirmed is going to start on Friday. So he's back. He's fine. The health with him uh, is fine. Um, I just don't see them deciding to bring him up with like a week left. You know, I just don't see that. I don't know why they would do that. It feels like rushed. Um then again, it might even prove uh, to make sense because it's not like they have a fifth true starter. You know, I mean, we lose a lot of bullpen guys yesterday, for example. But I don't know. I I don't see it, but maybe they will. You know, that is such a backwards way for me to answer the question. But seriously, I don't I don't really see them doing it right now. I think that they're gonna look to wait until the off season, give him like that extra kind of time. Hopefully in the minors. Hopefully if they they have some games going on there, or just having him practice a little bit more, and then maybe have him debut. Uh, in 2021, uh, whenever that season ends up being, after he's spent some more time with the team and whatnot, and kind of boil the mechanics down. But who knows? By the time I post this podcast, they could announce that he's being called up. So we'll see how that all breaks down. And then the last question was from my friend, uh, my good friend Noah, um, at Noah underscore Grossman. He said, Padres ring or date with Zoe Deutsch? Uh, For those who don't know, uh, Zoe Deutsch is one of my favorite young actresses. She's the best. She's awesome. I've been like ride or die ever since I saw, I think it was before I fall. I was like, that's like the most talented young actress we have. Uh, At least in my opinion, I think she's one of the most talented that we have. There's definitely plenty of others, but um, I really like her a lot. She's awesome. And Noah, of course, is making fun of me here. Look, 
between the two, obviously, you know, if I say the date was Zoe Deutsch, obviously I would get killed by the Padres fans. But I'm not. I really, I really do want the Padres. Like, I really do want the Padres to win a championship for two reasons. Well, first of all, I will say, if I could go on a date with anybody, that would be awesome. <laughs> like, I, it doesn't even have to be her. It would just be anybody. I would be ecstatic. I'd be so excited. I know that that's a little bit harder these days, but uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling. I'm in a giving mood today. You know, maybe if you asked me this question after I had a kind of meh day, I would have been like, yeah, I'm just taking the, the date with the superstar celebrity. Screw all of you. But I don't know. I feel like a lot more people would be happy. You know, I feel like a lot more people would be happy. It would help me since I host this podcast at the Padres one. It would be, just be so exciting, not just for the Padres, but for all of baseball. So I'm going to go with the championship. I know that sounds like the diplomatic answer. I genuinely did think about this for a little bit. Like, what would I choose? Um, and I think it's just how I'm feeling at this moment. I'm like, you know what? More people are going to be happy. You know, more people are going to be happy if it's the Padres winning versus just me and my selfish self deciding to go on a date with a celebrity. Although I have to admit it's close. It's really close, guys. <laughs> it's really close. I don't know. Um, I, I'm probably going to change my mind, like, literally after I start stop recording this. But uh, until then, just before I get killed by all you guys, let's end it right there. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, SoundCloud. What, what, not SoundCloud, Overcast, the the the... Whatever. There's plenty of things. Megaphone, whatever. You know, you know you know where it is, wherever you get your podcast from. Remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And if you'd like, you can also review the podcast on iTunes. Get that rating up a little bit for me and boost my ego, because Lord knows that needs plenty of boosting. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. That was a joke. But anyway, until next time, stay safe and of course stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.